following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthlings. This is Captain Smell So Good of the Starship Smelly Prize with my international co-host, Sayonai. And while we're not soaring through the cosmos looking for alien chicks, we're hanging out in the nuttiest head on and off the internet. That is the jackal game. Are we ready to blast off? You are about to enter a new dimension in sound. What the heck happened last night? Hang on to your hats because you're about to go on a heck of a ride through time, space, and the multiverse. How do I reach these keys? Atlanta, Georgia, Greensboro, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Chicago, Tampa, Florida, Miami, Dallas, Texas. I don't care where the city is. How do I reach these gigs? And with all the high-tech gizmos these days? The biggest trick the Jackal ever pulled was to convince the world that he doesn't exist. I reach these gigs. The Jackal. All right, everybody, welcome to Inside the Jackal's Head right here on psn-radio.com. Remember, we're also live on SoFlow Radio. I want to welcome everybody listening on both streams, SoFlow Radio and on PSN. Also, thank you all for following us on TalkStream Live. It's going to be a fun show tonight. We have Don Smith with us, and we're going to talk about little politics with him for a few, uh, for about 40 minutes. And that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Now, Don Smith, uh, if, if you guys are not familiar with this gentleman, he has a really good uh, show online. It's called The Don Smith Show, obviously enough, right? And a uh, really interesting uh, fellow. Now, as you guys know, I like talking politics. I enjoy the, the whole barometer of politics. So this is going to be just right up my alley. But Don Smith is a businessman. He's a business executive and physical conservative who has been seen on Fox News, CBS, PBS, and also heard, like I said, on his own radio broadcast show, uh, really heard around the country. So, I mean, he's a very well-known person. Don takes a complex uh, takes complex issues facing this nation and breaks them down into an easy-to-understand format. And tonight we're going to talk about some of the problems that we're dealing with in this country. Now, it's been a few months since I've been live on this show. As you guys know, I've taken a little bit of time off, as uh, some of my friends call it. I took a little bit of hiatus from inside the jackal's head, and now I'm back, ready to rock and roll. And uh, tonight, Don Smith is our first guest back on the show. But I want to give everybody a little, bit, a little bit of an update on what's going on with the show before we get him on the line in a few minutes. There's a lot of stuff to cover on what's going to be happening with the show, as you guys uh, might know who follows the show. The show has been on Sunday nights at 10 p.m. for about three, four years now. I'm not going to quit the show. I know a lot of people are emailing me, asking me, Jackal, are you leaving? What's going on? You haven't been back since January. No, I'm not quitting the show inside the Jackal. Jackal's Head is still going to be on PSN Radio and on SoFlow Radio, but uh, some things are going to uh, change. I'm not going to do a live show every single week. Now, what I'm going to do is I am going to cut back a little bit on this show. I'm going to cut back uh, to about two, three live episodes per month, 
and uh, then a couple episodes uh, that are going to be reruns, uh, just to ease the workload a little bit. Because I am taxed, people. I am, you know, overworked here, uh, so I got to do stuff to, you know, ease it up on myself a little bit. Now I know I've been away from this show for a while, but it doesn't mean I've been off of radio. You can catch me every week, of course, on Skywatchers Radio and on the Roundtable with uh, the rest of the gang, uh, and that's a lot of fun. Those shows, I love doing those shows. This is my baby, though, Inside the Jackal's Head. This is my original show, and I'm not going to quit it. Uh, I am going to continue. So everybody who's been emailing me, please relax. Don't worry. It's not ending anytime soon, but I am going to cut back a little bit. Uh, Again, just to ease my own workload, because, you know, it's not easy to book shows for this show and then book shows for Sky Watchers and then book shows for the Roundtable and try to get everything together, organized, and also run PSN Radio. It's a lot of work. It really is. Uh, So with all that said, now you guys are up to date on what's going on with this particular show. Uh, We might move the date, like I said. It might move to uh, sometime later in the week. Uh, It all depends on a couple of shows that are coming to the network, which if they do come over to the network and uh, they want this time slot, I'm going to go ahead and give it to them and move my show to another time slot, just uh, because really Sundays is not really that great for me anyway. It's been great for me for for a long time, but it's uh, one of those things that, you know, when you do a show every Sunday for about four years, and you're locked down every single Sunday, after a while you start saying, man, I wish I did my show on a different day of the week. And that's kind of what's been happening to me on Sundays. I'd like to enjoy Sundays and, and do other things. So there's a good chance that the show might be moving to another night of the week. But again, it does not mean that it's going away. So guys, don't worry about it. I uh, want to welcome to uh, PSN Radio a couple of uh, new shows that uh, have debuted since I've been away and one that is about to debut in uh, about a week, I believe. Uh, we have uh, a debut of uh, K.J. Osborne's show, Rigged Reality Radio. He did his first show this past Thursday. Uh, phenomenally well done show. Uh, props to him he, you know, for his first show. And he self-produced, by the way. For his first show, had a bunch of callers and uh, was a really, really well thought out show. Uh, so... Props to him. Again, check his show out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that's an exclusive show for PSN Radio, KG Osborne. Uh, he's also seen on YouTube with the uh, scariest movie ever seen or or something like that. And uh, you guys should check him out. He's very, very uh, cool stuff on YouTube. Also, uh, props and shout-outs to uh, Justin Brown, who just joined the network with Unified Field Radio. And want to give him a, a special shout-out because this show airs the first episode in a week from now. So that's uh, really exciting. So Justin Brown is going to be on Sundays at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern. He is going to be doing a show before my show. So just that everybody knows, he's going to be on before Jackal's Head on Sunday nights. And he is going to be actually a guest on Skywatchers Radio coming up. So if you guys are, are familiar with Skywatchers Radio and... You should be by now if you've been following what I've been going through the last few months with all the radio stuff. You should know about Skywatchers Radio. But yeah, Justin Brown will be live with us on the 30th coming right up in a couple days. So please bookmark that. You can uh, check it out on Facebook by going to Facebook.com and uh, searching Justin Brown Skywatchers Radio and you'll see the event. Please join it. It's a bunch of people joined it already. So uh, We're going to go on a quick commercial break. We're going to have news and all that other stuff at the end. Uh, when we actually go to the next hour, we're going to have uh, Don Smith for the first hour, for the first 40 minutes. Uh, then we have to let him go. He has another uh, engagement after this show. Uh, so uh, we're going to do things a little bit different tonight. We're going to have uh, our guest on and uh, ride out for 40 minutes with him. And then when we come back, uh, after uh, we let him go, we're going to do the news. And i got a lot of stuff to cover. A lot of news has been happening this week. 
stuff in political stuff, uh, entertainment stuff, uh, comic booky stuff, all kinds of uh, interesting news that I got here for you. So stick around for that. We're going to be back, like I said, in a few minutes, guys. This is Inside the Jackal's Head, and we're going to be right back with our guest of the evening, Mr. Don Smith. Professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374 That's 954-973-3374 Or visit keyinformation.com I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store.
All right, everybody, we're live back on Inside the Jackal's Head, and uh, we have our guest of the evening, Mr. Don Smith, with us. And we're going to be taking your calls. If you guys want to call in and you want to ask any questions along the way, please do so. Our number is 786-245-8127. And you can look us up on Skype as well, PSN Radio, and we'll patch you right in, and you can ask Don anything you like. Don, welcome to the show, my friend. It's such a pleasure, pleasure to have you on here. I've been looking forward to this all week. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be on with you tonight. Now, let me ask you, uh, just so the audience who might not know who you are, you know, give us a little insight on your show. You have a, a really good uh, radio show online, uh, and it's syndicated. You've been, you're heard everywhere, pretty much, and you have a really cool YouTube channel uh, where you talk about politics, and I really like you know, to get into politics. Now, I'm a Democrat. Uh, I'm sure that we're going to have a couple of different, uh, you know, mm-hmm. different issues with some points, but uh, there's, you know, it's, it's funny because I'm a Democrat is starting to lean more towards the middle and getting away from the Democratic Party, and a lot of the videos that you put on uh, YouTube recently have really like, caught my attention, and it makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, so tell the audience a little bit about yourself and about your show, like I said. Well, really, I started out as in the business world, so I uh, actually worked for BF Goodrich and ran some of their companies, and I spent about 25 years in the business world, and so finances is a big thing with me, and it's uh, that's really, for me, I'm a fiscal conservative, so I really don't so much get into a lot of the social issues. I deal mainly with fiscal things and personal responsibility and issues like that, so... Right. I, I got just motivated politically. I mean, I just I see us. In my opinion, I think our country's heading in the wrong direction, and I kind of wanted to do something about it. So I started making the videos, and that kind of turned into uh, getting some following and people enjoying the videos. Uh, so I uh, started up a radio program as well. So that's been going really good. We uh, very fortunate to get a lot of great guests on, and uh, again, we we deal primarily with uh, with our rights, uh, the Constitution. Uh, and and fiscal issues because I just think none of us can spend more money than we have and I don't think our government should do it either I agree 100% and you know it's funny because going into this presidency uh, you know this current administration I think a lot of folks thought that it was going to be the opposite of what's been going on with the, with the spending that, that, that Obama's gone through uh, talk to us a little bit about you know the current administration and uh, some of the bad steps that Obama's taken for example with uh, the spending in this country because I mean it's really gone out of hand well, it really has. And and I'll say this, too, because I think this is really one of the problems we have in the country right now is we are just we're so divided. And yes. so people are, are just like, if you're on the left, or you're on the right, you're just clinging to your party no matter what they do. So <laughs> yeah. let, let me kind of break that, because this this did start in George Bush's administration. This guy, yeah. George Bush, spent way too much money. He's a Republican. I primarily, you know, identify as a Republican myself. I'm a conservative, but I identify as a Republican. But for me, George Bush spent way too much money, and so I don't understand now. Uh, and you, you offered a different point of view here, but I, I hear people say, "Oh, well, no, Barack Obama had to spend this money," and and they're perfectly okay with now spending twice as much money. <laughs> right. So I, I just, I'll never understand that. But I'll say right now, for for me, George Bush. Way too much money, and it got it started to get out of control then, and it's just really escalated over the the last five and a half years now. No, you know it's funny you say that because we're on the same page. I mean, this did start with Bush, uh, and really you can even take it further back into even the uh, the first Bush administration and Clinton, and then it really got bad with Bush. But every president usually has spent more money than the last president in their administration. So I mean, isn't that kind of like the trend that the next president usually spends a lot more? You know, it, it it actually is a trend. I mean, if you look at the factual data on it, it is a trend. But right. I don't 
it shouldn't be. I mean, it shouldn't be something that's just assumed that we always have to spend more. And uh, that's that's where I get off track with any politician who who comes across that way. Well, we just have to increase the spending because right, right now we've got over a seventeen and a half trillion dollar debt. We need to decrease the spending. Yeah, how, how are you going to decrease the debt if you keep spending more money and just get us into more debt? And, you know, what I love, Don, is I, I love the fact that, you know, they go out of, out of their way to print new money every few years. And every time they print money, that's just creating more debt to the system as it is. So, it, you know, a lot of, like, the stuff they did with Wall Street and all the bailouts and all that stuff, all that did is just created a lot more debt for everybody. And that, start, that right there started with Bush because he was the first one to start giving out those handouts to Wall Street, which, I mean, what did that accomplish? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, it, and it doesn't help anything. And you're right. It's what we're also doing too when we're printing money is we're devaluing the dollar. Right, so exactly. And and that's a huge concern right now because there's a lot of a lot of powers around the world that would love to get off the dollar standard, and that would be devastating for our economy. Um, and we're just we we put ourselves in a weak position when we get this far in debt. And at some point, you got to at least show signs that you can that you want you're serious about turning it back around. You know, Don, it's funny because a few years ago, and I would say this was right after 9-11, uh, there was a lot of talk of uh, the government uh, you know, really doing a lot of things in the near future to destroy the dollar. Uh, this is a conspiracy talk, obviously, uh, because they wanted to develop what was called the Amero. And that, that was going to be the future currency, and there was, you know, a whole conspiracy on that, built on that. Uh, you know, I don't know how much truth there is to that. If there is an Amero, or that is an agenda that might be going on. I mean, I don't know what your your position is on that. But we've had, for example, recently, what was it? Uh, the uh, the the bitcoins that came out. Uh, there there does seem to be some kind of of a movement to replace the dollar. Now, what do you think of the Amero? Do you think that's a legit conspiracy we sh- that we should worry about? I, I, you know, I think we're at we're at a point in time right now, for at least in my lifetime, because we hear the the conspiracy theory thing over and over again. I think we're at a time right now where you really have to keep your eyes open and be mm. open to anything, because uh, yeah, I've heard a lot about that, and and there seems to be some things that that kind of add up with it. But I think right now we've really got to be aware of anything, because there's been so many things going on previous administration, this administration, where. Um, I, I think the American people have been we're, we're being deceived. I mean, you just look at the NSA yes. stuff. I mean, yeah. all the different things that are going on right now. So, I used to laugh when you hear conspiracy theory stuff. I, I really don't anymore, and uh, I think that, <laughs> I think that's a little scary, actually. At some point, it starts to become conspiracy fact. I mean, it, it, and it's scary because that's the area that I think we're getting to with a lot of this governmental uh, conspiracy in the last uh, forty years. It's starting to look like there's a lot more fact behind them, doesn't it? It really does, yeah, and and you it's see all scary. the things. It is, yeah. You see a lot of this stuff playing out here, here just recently, and it's scary to me when a government comes out and there's, there are questionable things going on. I mean, Benghazi; those questions right. have not been answered yet. There's a, there's a lot of different things. The NSA, the IRS, you could go on and on. When they come out and tell us this is phone, a phony scandal, I mean, if you just go back to Richard Nixon. I mean, imagine if they would have just come out and said that, ah, it's just phony scandal, nothing to see here, everybody go away, right. and, and everybody did. <laughs> we would have never had Watergate, so right. I, I think it's scary when, when our government says, hey, there's nothing to see here, everybody just needs to leave it alone and go away. You know, what was the barometer change that, that caused that? Though? You know, at what point did that change? Because, I, you know, you're absolutely right. Back then, I mean, they used to investigate, the media used to investigate even the president. I mean, that's how Watergate got 
got you know released and that information got out. Uh, nowadays, it seems like they they really are controlling the media, doesn't it? I mean, it's everything is under control by the, it, people say the Obama administration, but I don't even think it's Obama so much. I think it's whoever is in office, and they're all controlled by the same people behind the scenes. Uh, because, like you said, it started with Bush, it's going with Obama, but it's really all one machine running the president. It doesn't matter who's in office anymore, does it? Yeah, I actually, uh, okay, so I'm a conservative. I've got to say that I think it does matter. And I really do think that there's, I think the vast majority of the media right now is leans left. And I don't think there's, if if you just look at a conversation, when people have a conversation and they, uh, you have somebody on the right and somebody on the left on uh, the blogosphere or wherever it is, and right. they're talking about issues and they say, well, you always from the left it's always the same thing oh yeah you got that from fox news or faux news they call it right but think about this for a second that's the only example that they can give that's on cable tv so when i think about it in do do, do i think that fox news leans right absolutely but i also think it's the only thing on tv that does so i really i think it does matter who's in the sitting in the white house uh, because i think the media does tend to lean left you know it- I, I could see where you're going with that, Don. But I remember when Bush was in office, it was the other, you know, it was the other way around. The media used to like hammer Bush, and they were like really against Bush. And then as soon as Obama became president, the media started bashing him. And I mean, he hasn't really gotten uh, a free pass from the media. I mean, a, a lot of the times, you know, you see anything about Obama is negative, just like it happened to Bush. Uh, I, I don't know. It, you know, it's it for me. It's just. Uh... I don't see it that way. I, I, I really think that there's a huge difference between the way Bush was treated and the way Obama's been treated. And so, so for me, that I, I don't see that they're they're both treated in a in a bad way by the media. Oh, I don't know. I, I I've seen a lot of posters of uh, from you know not posters, but I'd seen a lot of uh, news outlets uh, almost demonize Obama, and uh, they, they used to do the same thing to Bush in a lot of outlets. And of course, there's the Alex Jones of the world who demonizes both sides. He just doesn't care. He's an equal mm-hmm. opportunity hater, and he doesn't really matter if he's Republican or Democrat. Uh, but you know, there are both sides of the coin here. The, there are there is right wing media and left wing media, so it really depends on which one you're tuning into every night. But I would I would still think that you know behind the scenes, man, the actual runners of the entire show are, you know, the same. I mean, it doesn't really matter what side they are at that point. They're all kind of like putting the agenda together, so to speak, you know, from behind the scenes. Well, you know, we don't have all the story. We don't have every, everything that happened here with, but you look at what happened with uh, Cheryl Atkinson, which mm-hmm. just happened here recently. And so she's coming out and she's not coming from a perspective of being uh, a lifelong Republican or even uh, being a conservative at all. And she she came out and talked about how she was treated by her a major news organization uh, for trying to cover the news and they were trying to keep these certain stories down and, and pump certain stories up. Now I'm sure to some extent that happens in a lot of different areas, but, but she was pretty specific about the fact that this was against anything that might make the president look bad. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, well, you know, does the president have to work hard to make himself look bad at this point, though? Because, I mean, everything he does at this point is just, it's it's been atrocious. He's had, I mean, would you call Obama's presidency one of the worst presidencies of the last uh, 100 years? I would, yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah. e- easily, right? Easily, yeah, easily. And by the, way, anybody, by the way, anybody listening in, I voted for Obama. So I'm not saying this because I hate the guy or I've been anti-Obama. I actually voted for the guy. I, I wanted his policies to work. Uh, I, you know, like I said, I, I've followed his uh, his uh, 
you know, his upbringing, I follow, not his upbringing, but his rise to power, so to speak, you know, from being in, in Chicago and uh, the Democratic Party and all that stuff. And, I mean, he really had a charismatic way about him that really sold itself very well to the nation. And a lot of people voted for him because they, he really, you know, made you believe that this guy could, you know, maybe bring a, a change that could be positive. So I, I'm like a lot of people voted for the guy. Now, you know, all these years later, I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, we, we might have really uh, missed the boat on this one and voted for the wrong guy. Unfortunately. You know, and I totally understand why why people voted for him because because he did he had a great message I thought back in two thousand and eight and I was really just and probably maybe one of the things that got me a little more motivated and a little more active in politics I actually thought there was an opportunity that this was going to kind of bring America together a little bit more because I think we had kind of gotten fractured uh, there, there was a lot of stuff going on with George Bush at the t- at the end of his presidency the economy so I thought it was a, I thought it had potential to be a good healing moment for the country. My problem, biggest problem with President Barack Obama is that I don't believe we've ever been more divided as a nation than we are today. And that's socioeconomic lines, that's ethnicity, that's race. It's I, we are uh, so many different ways that we are now divided and I think pitted against each other. And I, which is, I think which that's is, disappointing. You know, it's, it is disappointing because I thought it would be the opposite, you know, when we had Obama in office. You know, he, you know, he is not... 100% black man, he's half white, half black, and you know, has family roots on both sides. Uh, you know, he, he really comes off as a charming person. I really thought that he would be the one that kind of would bring the nation together a little bit better, and it really has worked completely the opposite. You're absolutely right. It really has divided the country more. Uh, why do you think that is, though? I mean, do you think it's uh, just the Tea Party uh, people that are, just don't like his administration and don't like what he's doing, and they've created such an uprising that now it's spread? Or is it really like his administration has been so bad that it's just... Uh, it's been atrocious nationwide. Well, I, I think when you bring up the Tea Party, I think that's a great example. Now, w- with my show, I have a lot of uh, Tea Party people that listen to my program. I've actually gone around the country and spoken at uh, different uh, Tea Party events and things like that. What you see on the media, the, the portrayal of what the Tea Party is, and they're just this evil group of people, all racist. white people yeah. and racist. <laughs> and, I mean, when you see the portrayal, and then, but then you're actually somebody who's been to these events and never seen any of those things, never had any issues. I think that's really one of the, and that's where I think the media plays a big role in this. Hmm. Because if you look at the way the Tea Parties have been labeled, and it's, it's like, if you, if you meet somebody, and they'll give you a complete description of the Tea Party. They've never been to a Tea Party event, but they'll I'll tell you exactly who the Tea Party is, and I think it's stuff like that that really has. I don't think it's the Tea Party itself. I don't think they have that kind of power. I mean, it, it's perfectly acceptable in this country to stand up and protest the president or protest policies, or that's what made this country great. It's the First Amendment. It's what we're practicing here here tonight in your great program. So I think you know, I think the fact that all of a sudden we've labeled groups, we've demonized groups, uh, right. just for just for having a political view, having you know, caring about what's going on in the country. I think that's that's really a sad thing about what's going on in our society today. And it happens more and more today than ever before. I mean, if anybody has any kind of opinion, there's always going to be somebody there to criticize it and give their counter opinion, and they usually do that. They demonize the other side. Uh, unfortunately, it does happen way too often in this country. Uh, but do you think there's any saving grace at all for the Obama administration uh, going forward in the last couple of years of his presidency? You know, I, I think right now things have become so polarized. And okay, that's not all his fault because certainly the people in Congress have to try to work with him. And but I think Correct. things have become so polarized right now. And I, I don't know. 
I don't know how it's what's going to get accomplished here over the next couple of years. I think we're just going to continue to see more executive orders and uh, and things like that to work around Congress, and I, I think that's unfortunate as well. Um, but I do unfortunately he, he, he kind of has to do it though. I mean, Congress really is not. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that Obama gets blamed for really that he shouldn't honestly. Uh, stuff that Congress uh, does that counters you know it's, you know. Things that he wants to implement. So, I mean, there, there's been instances that, that really is out of his control. Uh, but that's kind of what he's been delegated to now. He kind of has to take those measures, doesn't he? I, I come from a more cynical point here. I think, he, <laughs> I think he's taking advantage of the situation right now that he has helped create. I mean, one of the first things that, that President Obama did when they first started talking about the health care debate mm-hmm. was one of the first things they took up. And he looked across the table at John McCain. It was okay. A lot of people don't like John McCain. Whatever he served our country, uh, he served as a public servant for a number of years. One of the first things Barack Obama said was, "McCain, it's the the election's over. I won." I mean, I th- and I thought that was really that was that set the tone, and that was one of the very first things that happened. So he's got to take some responsibility too. He's mocked the Tea Party himself. Um, so the president has has created a a tough situation, I think, on his own. And uh, not, not completely on his own, certainly, you know, there's others involved, the John Boehners and a lot of people that are fighting back against him. But but I think he's really kind of created his own mess here. So I think he uses that as a way to say, see, I have to do it. I have absolutely no other choice. And if you just look at the executive orders that are being passed, are these things that are uh, saving Americans' lives or making us safer or n- not at all? They're just things that he wants to get done. Well, what do you think, for example, like of Obamacare? I mean, the website obviously was a mess for months. Uh, now it's starting to pick up. People are registering online. Now, what's your thoughts on uh, that program? And do you think it's going to work or going forward? How do you think it's going to take? I think uh, it's going to be more of the same going forward. And I think when the entire country actually gets under the implementation of Obamacare, I think people are going to really see what's in it. Uh, famous words from Nancy Pelosi, you got to pass it to find out what's in it. I think when people really find out what's in it, it's going to be worse. Now, I think it, that that was another missed opportunity because certainly there's some things that could need to be fixed in our healthcare system. And if somehow everybody could we could have got everybody to work together on that, maybe we would have had some better ideas. So I had heard some ideas that were that were thrown to the side right from the beginning of it. Selling across state lines is obviously a way to bring costs down. And so there was some positive things, but I think that was another missed opportunity. Um, you know, to just say, okay, here it is. No Republicans ended up supporting it. And uh, you know, so they're not going to be behind it that much either. So I think it's I think it's going to be a mess. Well, when it was initially brought through uh, Congress, the, the Republican side of Congress, they all voted it in, or it was majority voted in. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of them then later said they'd never read the original bill and stuff. I mean, what does that say about the Republican Party though that they never read the bill and they passed it anyway? Well, I don't think anybody read the bill. <laughs> I mean, we, we heard we heard from person after person after that saying, "Oh, we had uh, John Conyers." Who said, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd need a team of lawyers and, uh, what, a week to, to sit down and read this thing. So, yeah, I don't think anybody read it, and I think that's another problem, too. It, that is a major problem, but what does that say about the state of, uh, of Congress now when they don't even read the bills they're passing? <laughs> oh, I think, yeah, I think it's out of control. You know, it, 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 no, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, if that's right. your job and you're in Congress uh, and you're passing bills that are going to affect, especially something like Obamacare that's going to affect everybody in one way or another, uh, I think you have an obligation to read them. Now, 
I uh, completely agree. Now, what do you say uh, about, for example, uh, people like Jules Manson, who uh, a few years ago uh, was a failed Tea Party candidate uh, for a local office in California, and he called for the assassination of the president. Now, this is a Tea Party member, and uh, he said, assassinate that effing N-word uh, and his monkey children was the exact uh, quote. Uh, what do you, you know, I know we brought up earlier the Tea Party is labeled wrongly and, and being mm-hmm. racist, but what do you say when you hear comments like that from the Tea Party? Well, it's totally unacceptable. I mean, no, I don't know anybody in the Tea Party that would say, oh, that's my kind of guy. So, right. but, the, but the perception put out there is that that's, that's like what it is. It's like you're going to like a clan meeting or something when you go to a, and it's not the case at all. I mean, you'll see people from all walks of life, ethnicities. Here's, let me share this story, this story with you because I think this really kind of sums up, I think, what's going on right now with the media, uh, with the division that's taking place in America. The, during the RNC, I had my show there and I had, a, I had a great day. So I had interviews with uh, Deneen Borelli, great author. Uh, I had uh, Reverend C.L. Bryant. I had just people after people on the, on the program were doing pre-taped interviews. So we had a long night. We get back to the room. I turn on the TV, and MSNBC comes on. And as soon as it comes on, Chris Matthews says, yep, typical RNC, just a bunch of old white people. I sat on this radio row all day long, and it was diversity just like you would see anywhere else. Now, you, you don't really think about it. I'm not sitting there going, oh, wow, look at, hmm. there, you know, there's a Hispanic. There's a, you're not thinking about it that way. But when you go home and you turn on the news and that's what you hear is that it's just a whole bunch of white people sitting around at this thing. It's, that's the perception that's put out there. And so here, an incident happens with somebody that was affiliated with a Tea Party or whatever. That certainly is not representative of of everybody in the Tea Party, of anybody that I know in the Tea Party. Now, if somebody out there who is not a member of the Tea Party wanted to go and check out what's going on with the Tea Party, and I mean, is there like a, a place that they can go and learn more about the Tea Party online or somewhere that they could uh, find out more information? Because I know a lot of people listening right now might you know, be interested in finding out some of the, their ideologies and the agenda of what's going on with the Tea Party from a first hand, not just from what the media tells us. Because, you know, I personally, I don't believe everything the media tells me, Don. I really don't. So Yeah, absolutely. You know, but I, I think right there, that's another one of the misconceptions about the Tea Party is that it's mm-hmm. this group with this right. master list of things and everybody's like a subgroup here. Like a secret organization. <laughs> uh, exactly. I mean, <laughs> That is this, not so secret. <laughs> it, what I would recommend anybody that wants to learn more about the Tea Party, there's, there's some great sites out there of some, of some of the bigger Tea Party groups, but every local community, I mean, pretty much everywhere around the country right now has a tea, local Tea Party group. And, that, and that's what it is. It's about people getting involved in their local issues and, uh, and there's a couple national groups out there, but they're not... They don't speak for everybody. So each group, basically the Tea Party is, hey, I believe in we don't spend money, more money than we have. I believe that we get our fiscal house in order and we have a budget that we can live by and create jobs. I'm, I'm pro-capitalism. Uh, for me, that's what the Tea Party is. You know, it's about the government not spying on us and not overreaching and taking our freedoms away from us. And so it, it, in the media, it's portrayed as a completely different thing. You know, and it's funny you you bring that, and I actually wanted to touch on that uh, before I let you go tonight about the government spying on us. Uh, so this is a perfect segue to that. Uh, you know, that started really you know a long time ago. That didn't start with Obama, the whole spying on the nation. Uh, that probably, you could even go back to the 80s with uh, Reagan 
and uh, you know the war on drugs and all kinds of different things that they've used over the years to spy on us and see what we're doing. As technology gets better, though, Don, it obviously is going to become worse and worse and worse. Uh, right now, we're at a, at a point where technology is so good uh, that it's easy for them to spy on us. Uh, there's no way I think we can get away from that at this point, is there? Well, I'm, I'm sure there is. I mean, we're not spying on... Okay, this isn't something that's taken place in every single country where they have some of these same technologies, or at least we're not hearing about it if it is. Well, that's the thing. We're, we might not be hearing about what's going on in every other country. I mean, mm-hmm. certainly we don't like to divulge all the information of stuff that happens here in America, even though you know CNN does a pretty good job of giving away a lot of secrets. But uh, you know, for the most part, we don't like to talk about what's going on in secret. So I'm sure there's countries that are, are doing their fair share of spying on their people and it happens. Uh, but you know, now it, it doesn't even seem like the government has to do much of uh, much work. I mean, we have uh, smartphones, we have all kinds of different technologies that we have on our everyday life uh, that kind of helps them spy for it, for them in a way. So I mean, it's technology's kind of tied us into this whole big brother uh, scenario. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, certainly there's more technology now, so it's easier to get to track phone calls and you know, right. emails and texts and all these other things. So I understand all that. The point is, is there still is a constitution that protects us as American citizens from it's, – and it's the Fourth Amendment, and it protects us from the government overreaching and collecting that data. But when they tell us it's just metadata and it, and it's not, it just doesn't mean anything, it's not really worth anything, there's no value here, then why are they collecting it? Hmm, interesting. You know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, look, there's a question there in our chat room here about the uh, the, the Tea Party, and uh, they're saying the misconception of the Tea Party is seen on TV saying inflamed things towards women, gays, and black, uh, and blacks. Uh, how would you answer that? Uh, this is coming from California guy in our chat room, by the way. I I would say I, I don't see those. Whenever somebody tells me, oh, there's a video and it shows this or, or that. I'm never able to seem, seem to be able to find those, so maybe somebody can put it on the chat room in there. But first of all, you know, do things have things happen? Sure. I've never seen them. Okay, I've never I've never been at a Tea Party event and had anything racial happen or anybody, uh, you know, any neo-Nazis or anything like that. I don't see these people at the Tea Party. What I see are hardworking people, mostly Americans. I see people from all races, ethnicities, religions. Um, so, you know... The media's done a great job, I think, of demonizing... Well, no, but here's the thing, and I think what he's getting at is a, a really valid point. It's not so much the media at this point. It's stuff even on YouTube, people that have gone out to some of these rallies, and they've seen for themselves the racist behavior, and they've been able to videotape. Remember, the, the media is one thing, but mm-hmm. now we're in a stage in society with technology, like I was saying, it's so great, that we are our own media, in a sense. We can, we can media ourselves uh, by putting stuff on YouTube that we record on our, on our own lives, or on our own. Uh, so there's a lot of videos, and I've seen a lot of them, Don. I mean, that's not a joke. I've seen a lot of uh, you know rallies mm-hmm. and stuff where it gets out of hand, and there is a lot of racist things said. And I mean, this stuff does happen. So there is racism within the Tea Party. I mean, whether you've seen it or not, I mean, I can't speak for you because obviously I'm not living your life. You're, you know, you've gone mm-hmm. to your own to your own rallies and get-togethers. Uh, but from what I've seen, I've seen plenty of it on YouTube, and it's scary that we're still living in, in a country where people use that kind of language and express themselves the way I've seen in some of these videos and attack individuals just because they're a different color or a different ethnicity. I mean, that stuff to, to be going on in 2014, it's, to, it's a little scary. I mean, I would think we've gone uh, a lot further in society mm-hmm. today yep. to you know, be having that still happen. 
Well, one of my YouTube videos that you can check out on there, and maybe you've seen this one, is it, it and it talks it deals with this. That's nothing is tougher right now than to be a black conservative, because in that case, you're getting it from all angles. Right. So, I mean. You know, are, like I said, are there examples of stuff out there? Maybe there are. You know, I, I haven't seen them, but they're probably out there. I'm sure it's not a perfect movement, and there is no such thing as a perfect movement. All I can tell you is my personal experience is what I see on the media, how they portray it, is not what I see. I've never, I've been to a lot of them, and I've never heard all the racist stuff. But that's always the big, you know, that's the big chance. So, um, you know, I'm not here to, you know speak for everybody that's in the tea party group all i know is uh, my personal experience with it no i got you what do you think of or what do you make of uh, alan west i think alan west is a great leader you i love alan might, west do you think he might run for president one day i mean i know he he seems like he's uh obama's biggest hater in the african-american community i mean this man really hates the president i don't i don't know i wouldn't call it hatred I think he's a guy that just has one. His views are 180 out from President Barack Obama's. Um, I actually know Alan West. I've had him on my program a number of times and had an opportunity to sit down and speak with him. And if you, you want to hear somebody who deals with racism, that I mean, there's a guy who deals with racism, and the reason he does is because of his political views. Mm. I mean, he's got people saying he's not black enough. He's not. He's a disgrace to their. You know, I think so. When you look at stuff like that, it, I think it's. Like I say in that one video I was talking about, nothing takes more courage today than to be a black conservative and and speak out about it. They get it from everybody. No, that's definitely true. And I've seen Alan West get attacked uh, a crazy amount of times also just because of his views, which, uh, you know, everybody should have the right to have their own political views or opinions no matter what they are. But, uh, right. you know, it it is tough to be a, a black Republican. It, there's not a whole lot of them, uh, but it is tough. And, and it's funny because at one point, wasn't uh, the, the KKK founded by the uh, Democratic Party? Is that a, not a fact? That is a fact. That is a fact. You know, let me just say something here, too, because I want to correct this, because that is also another huge misconception is that there aren't a lot of black Republicans. There are. There's, okay. there's a ton of black Republicans. So whenever I hear that, I'm just like, what? <laughs> you just don't hear but, about them. That's all. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm sure there's black Russians. You just that you never hear about them. You know what I mean? The only, ti- <laughs> the only time you do. Yeah, exactly. The only time you do hear about them is when somebody's attacking Alan West or look what happened to uh, Herman Cain when he ran for president. And I mean, I'll think that now who knows what all happened with there with the real story, but he may have caused some of that himself. But just look at the way uh, people talk about black republicans i think it's just i think that's just uh, really sad what do you uh what do you got to say about people like um hannity and um uh you know some of the, the the guys on tv that are completely over the top and are on radio and are a little bit over the top with some of the uh the bashing of the president because i mean a little bit a lot of it goes a little too far i think uh with the the, uh, the way these guys go at the president what's your take on some of the political radio and tv shows well, you know, I think that's a great thing about about media today with the new uh, technology and things like that is there's a lot of different point of views out there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so some people go too far on both sides and, you know, that's just what they do. That's their that's how they get listeners and and they do what they seem to do well with it, some better than others. But I think it's just great that there's so many for me, okay, if I turn on MSNBC, I'm not going to agree with anything that any of the hosts on there are going to have to say, but I'll say this, if anybody ever tried to shut them down, I would be the first one standing there sticking up for the First Amendment rights. And I think that's what's great in this country is that we're able to say things that we want to say. And if somebody thinks it's over the top, uh, tune it out. Don't listen to it. 
Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Uh, in fact, uh, not only do I, I agree with that 100%, uh, I think that the First Amendment right is the most important thing in the entire Constitution. You know, that freedom of speech is uh, something that should never be removed or taken away. And that's one of the things that I think uh, they're going to want to take away from us as one of our freedoms in the next uh, few years. So what do you think? do you think that might happen eventually? Because I know they, they've been talking about really uh, taking away a lot of the, uh, the rights from the Constitution. Uh, and, of course, we're getting back into conspiracy talk here, but uh, do you think there's any chance that we might lose the freedom of speech and then we're really doomed? You know, I really think, and maybe even for the past decade, I really think we've already been going down that path. And yeah. so, okay, sign me up for the conspiracy theory here. But <laughs> let, let, let me just give you a couple examples here. You're on the right show, Don. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <clears throat> because one of the problems is is the change of language. And I think mm-hmm. this is something that's it's, it's the political correctness thing. I think that has really turned into a weapon against being able to express your First Amendment rights. And I, I gave the example of MSNBC. I'd be the first one standing in line, even though I don't agree with anything that they would probably put on during the day. Right. I would be the first one standing up for their First Amendment rights because they have every right to say it. Correct. And I think I think there should be that side of it. I think there should be the other side of it. And then I think there should be a whole bunch of stuff in the middle. And then we should be able to, as intelligent human beings, sort through the news and and be able to make our own decisions. So I think political correctness has really hurt our First Amendment rights because now it's not, okay, you can't... Look at the names of, of jobs that have been changed because this offended somebody and that, right. you know. You yeah. can't even call a spade a spade anymore because, well, that's not politically correct. So I think in some in some ways, for maybe for the past decade or more, we've already been kind of going down that road. No, you're absolutely right. And somehow the Washington Redskins are still called the Washington Redskins. I don't get that. <laughs> right, yeah, that, yeah, there's another issue that's out there that, right now. That one, has, that one has escaped uh, political correctness altogether, I think. It's just they just given that one a pass. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. With uh, you know, the, the, the way the country is uh, going, it really does seem like we're going to lose that, you know, that freedom of speech uh, in the very near future. I mean, that's Big Brothers, I, th- I really think, is going that way. Now, I'm pretty sure you don't subscribe to like the whole New World Order uh, theory that you know, the Illuminati and all that stuff. I mean, do you subscribe to any of that conspiracy stuff at all? Or? Uh, do you follow any of that stuff? Because a lot of that, I know it's conspiracy, and a lot of people are like, oh, so it's just for nuts and crazy people, and you know that they, they believe all that stuff. But when you start looking at the stuff politically that's been going on in the country, Don, for the last decade, especially since 9-11, let's go back a little bit further, uh, since 9-11 to now, uh, you know... Let me tell you, it does uh, start to uh, ring a little bit truer when you start looking into some of the Illuminati and New World Order stuff. Well, yeah, and, and I think kind of back to what we were talking a little bit earlier, where I said that I, th- I think at this point in time, we really need to keep our eyes open to everything. And so maybe things that you know a few years back I might not have taken too seriously, I take a lot more seriously today. Yeah. And you're right, if you look at the political environment, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue against some of those things right now. Yeah, no kidding. What do you think uh, could be done in the next few years? I mean, do you think a Republican president can fix the country, or do you think uh, uh, we're so far gone, man, that it doesn't matter who they put in there at this point? You know, I think it can be fixed, and and it maybe doesn't even have to be a Republican president. I, if you look back, if you look at the Clinton administration, as far as fiscal and uh, fiscal responsibility, it was, was one of the good. most... Yeah, he was one of the most fiscally responsible, and for sure, in my lifetime. So I think it's going to take more than a president to fix it. 
we're going to have to fix the whole system right now because we've got there's no working together. And if okay, so let's say Hillary Clinton gets elected and she comes in as the next president, that's not going to improve anything with uh, the John Boehners and you know the other people on on our side of the aisle. So right, it's gonna it's gonna take the whole country coming together and it's gonna take this country getting serious because I, let's okay, let, here's one of the problems: where do you cut? Because everybody's going to be able to bring somebody in to make a case and give a case example of how this is going to be a detriment to somebody's life. Or, right. So where do, you, where do you start cutting? And I think that's where the courage is going to have to come from somebody. And uh, right now, I don't know where it's going to come from, but I hope it comes from somebody pretty soon. I mean, where do you cut? Social Security? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's not good. Uh, you know, it, it. You know how do how would they possibly get the debt down uh, done? I mean, there. I don't think there's any possible way with the structure the country's in right now, they could possibly reduce the debt, no matter who's in office. Well, they're going to have to slow down on the spending. You, you know, and and that's that conversation like we were just talking about. Yeah, where do you cut Social Security? Where do you you know? There's places to cut. I mean, there's no doubt about that. We can find all kinds of examples of waste, of wasted money. So we've got to, I think, really have to uh, look at our priorities and reset our priorities and then make some hard decisions about our budget because somebody's got to turn this thing around. I mean, where do yeah. you go? 20, 30, 40 trillion? And I mean, at what point does it collapse? Uh, you know, one thing about the, the presidency now with Obama, you know, one thing that he said early on was that he was going to get our troops back home, and that's yet to happen. We still have troops deployed overseas. Uh, you know, those wars need to stop. I mean, that's nothing one way that we're going to be able to get the economy back, uh, at least in some manageable form. Uh, I mean, how much of that do you agree that, you know, the more we stay in other countries and uh, we stay at war with the countries, the, the worse it is? Even though, you know, I know that we've had a lot of troops come home, there's still... Uh, there's still a presidents in the Middle East, and that's costing a lot of money at this point. Yeah, you know, and I guess this is one of the areas where uh, I am a fiscal conservative, but one of the areas I probably agree more with libertarians on. I think we've got enough going on in our own country right now, and we need to take mm-hmm. care of business here at home. And um, yep. So, yeah, I, I guess we would probably be pretty much on the same page there, where I think uh, it, it's, you know, it's one thing if you're going to go into a country, whether it be Iraq or Afghanistan, if you're going to go in with, like, a long-term plan, you know, here's what we want to accomplish at the end of the day, and um, and this make this makes it a successful venture or a worthwhile venture. And I think when we don't go in with some, with a plan like that, I think uh, we're we're doomed right from the start. And that and that's what makes it a, a untenable situation here at home as well. And that really, I mean, you could really attribute all this mess to, to Bush, obviously, and uh, that whole. Uh, fiasco after 9-11. I mean, look, let's be honest. I mean, there is really uh, no way to get out of this world once we went into it. I mean, as soon as we invaded uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, I mean, to get out of those areas is nearly impossible. Those countries have been at war for hundreds of years. I mean, it's just, it's one of those messes that we just got in way over our heads at this point. Yeah, you know, yeah. I th- again, I think that's that's one of those things where you want to go in there with a plan, a long-term plan, whereas here, here's a- what... Yeah, yeah. Here's what success is, and what is it? Well, we don't. To this day, we don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, look at all the people that talked about. You talk about conspiracy theories. All the people that said this was just a big oil grab from George Bush because he was an oil guy. Well, right. where's the oil? Where's the oil? <laughs> at this point, with the money we spent on this war, we'll take some oil. Give us some oil. I don't know. Right. That's where I'm at with that whole thing. Yeah, no, but you know they did lay those pipelines uh, with Halliburton as soon as they went in there. So you know it does seem like it was an early oil grab, and early you know early on there is a false stimulus to the economy when there is a war at first uh, that I think you know 
people sort of uh, didn't let, let it slip by the first couple of years with the war started because of that. Because the economy didn't tank right away. You know, it took a few years for it to get bad. And then as soon as Bush was about to leave office, he you know he gave Obama the mess that he gave him, which was only like a couple of years, you know, in... in in fruition for for the Bush administration, or the last few years of his administration, uh, when the whole mess really started collapsing on him, and then Obama just kind of inherited the whole mess. Uh, so in, in a lot of ways, you know, it really isn't all Obama's fault. And again, like I said earlier, it doesn't matter who they throw in there, Republican or Democrat. At this point, I don't think either one could really fix the mess that's in 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 Washington at this point. Uh, sadly enough, we're just heading to a really dark road right now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, I really think we are, and um, I think it can be fixed. You know, I think uh, nobody's saying that everything that happened. Now with the guy, wrong. now with the guys that we have coming up for uh, election in the next couple of years. I mean, I haven't seen one Republican candidate or Democratic candidate. I'll be fair to both sides. I haven't seen one that really you know makes me feel nice and warm inside. Like this guy could be the guy who could fix the problem. You know, when Clinton came out originally, you know, the, I, you know, you felt that like, oh, this guy is, could be good. You know, he, he gave you that essence about him, even though he was you know doing what he was doing with Monica and the other girls, at least he wasn't screwing the country. And, you know, we we, we appreciated that, and he did a good job as president. Uh, it hasn't been that way ever since, and there's nobody out there that really gives us that vibe. Uh, do, you, do you know of any, I mean, what candidates give you that kind of presence that you say, well, he might be the guy? You know, I think I think it's a little early yet because I don't think they've all uh, stuck their hands up yet, and I don't think we all know who for sure is going to be running when it comes to 2016. But for me right now on the Republican side, I really like Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker. I think he's he's shown a lot of courage. Uh, he took a state that was billions of dollars and over three billion dollars in de- in deficit and turned it into a hundred million dollar um, surplus in a matter of a couple of years, all at the same time while fighting a recall election. So, I really like Scott Walker. I think he's a level-headed guy. I think he's he understands economic issues and. Um, he's been able to get things done, even you know, with a, a state that's controlled by mostly Democrats. So I like Scott Walker. Now, has he uh, announced that he wants to run for presidency, or not yet? Not but yet? Uh, I have a pretty good feeling he'll he'll be there. He'll be oh, one okay. of them. I know Jeb Bush has recently said that he wants to run, and that just gave me all kind of <laughs> bad nightmares. Uh, not another Bush in office. Oh, no, Jesus. no, no. I, I say no more Bushes, no more Clintons. Let, let's be done with it and let's move forward. <laughs> That's no, where I'm exactly. at. Exactly, I'm with you 100. percent No more Bush, no more Clinton. Heck, no more Kennedys. No, you know, no more Bro, names yeah. that, have, that have been already president. How's yep, that? I, I new agree. blood. I agree. We, we need new blood in there. You know, I, I think that's something that, that we need on both sides, and this is maybe somewhere where we can definitely come together. I think yeah. we need new blood, and I think we need to start looking at things like term limits. We we should not be having people like, and I, I can pick out Republicans or Democrats, but I'll, I'll just say we shouldn't have anybody in office for 40, 50 years, spending their entire life in public service, because that's not how the country was founded. We need It's supposed to be you know, average citizens that run and get involved now with the money, that's a little difficult, but uh, we right. definitely need new blood, I think, on both sides. I completely agree. And then you have schmucks like that wiener fellow who uh, showed his wiener to the world and just made a mess oh, of, his, of his whole, uh, of his whole uh, political life. Uh, yeah, Don, we're almost out of time. I know you got to run in a couple of minutes here. Uh, you know, I want to give you a, a chance here to, again, address the audience and, and uh, give them all your information so they can check out your show. You do have a fantastic radio show, even though you know I'm, I don't always agree with your points. And I'm sure <laughs> some people out there are going to agree with me or agree with you, and you know they're going to have their differences. But it is a really good show, and uh, I would like my audience to uh, you know check your show out. So please give give everybody your show address, URL, and uh, the times and all that stuff again. 
Well, I appreciate that, and thanks for having me on today as well. But, you know, I, th- I think this is the great thing because it's an opportunity for us to put out points of view, and people, I think the great thing is that people don't have to agree. I don't want everybody in this world to agree with everything I say. That would be pretty boring. So Wouldn't I think it? It's, yeah. Yeah, it would. <laughs> I, th- I think debate is great, and so we probably try to put it in a format that's uh, not offensive to anybody, but we're just putting information out there. And uh, so, yeah, it's been going great. It's every Saturday at noon Eastern time for two hours. And it's at, you can find it at DonSmithShow.com. Probably the best place to find it. Videos are Don Smith Show on YouTube. And Twitter is, you guessed it, at Don Smith Show. So thanks for having me on. It was great to talk to you and and your listeners. And I got a great show here. And I really enjoyed having an opportunity to speak to you tonight. Don, next time we have you, uh, hopefully have you back on, we'll have open lines so we can have uh, callers call in. I really wanted to take this uh, 40 minutes to just uh, dissect everything and, and speak to you myself. Uh, but I promise I'll have open lines next time uh, when you're on the show so people can call in. Uh, thank you so much for being here. And, uh, again, it's been a great pleasure, and I'll keep listening to your show, and I encourage everybody to do the same. And, uh, look, you know, we're not always going to agree, but like you said, it's great to debate. I enjoy debate. I like healthy debates. Uh, what I don't like is slander. I don't like people that just go over the top and just uh, demonize yep. people for absolutely no reason. Because at, at the end of the day, look, Obama's a human being. I'm a human being. You're a human being. We're all human beings. We're all trying to just survive and live. And whatever the agendas are behind the scenes, we kind of got to, you know, go over them and got to, you know, really weed out the problem. That's, I think, where we, you know, where we have to tackle in the future. It's not just you know, political, I don't think it's just left or right. I think it's more weeding out the issues within the parties and getting the, the bad seeds out of there. And again, we need new blood. So I think at that point, we definitely both agree on that. Uh, both sides need new blood and they, we need to get rid of uh, anything that's uh, cancerous to each party. Yeah, we need to get back to a place where debate is a good thing. It's okay yeah. to debate. We don't have to call each other names and, you know, get nasty with each other. And uh, I've got a lot of a lot of liberal friends and, you know, they're, they're great people. So we, we, we disagree politically, but, uh, but they're great people. There you go. Do you think I could uh, maybe go down to one of these tea parties and uh, hang out? I'm a Cuban Democrat. I don't know. Do you think that'll Absolutely. be a problem? <laughs> Absolutely. You come, with, you come with me so you don't see any of that horrible stuff. <laughs> there you go. We'll take a trip one day. And, and, and then I'll give my proper report, a Democrat Cuban who went to a tea party, and I'll let everybody know how racist it was or how racist it wasn't. I'm looking forward to it. Don, thank you so much for being here, sir. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Everybody, that's been Don Smith, and we're going to be back on the show here in a couple minutes uh, with more of Inside the Jackal's Head. Please stick around. I'm going to have open lines for the rest of the hour, 786-245-8127. Sorry to the people I couldn't get to who called in earlier. We were deep in conversation, and I didn't want to let Don go uh, or let or get him to stop what he was saying. So uh, we'll get him on again soon, and we'll get your calls uh, to him so you can speak to him yourself. Uh, follow his show. Check his show out again, DonSmithShow.com, and we'll be back after the break. Radio Network. See the... Hi, 
I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Join the club that gives you stuff. Hey, thanks. Radio Loyalty. Here's how it works. Just click on the Radio Loyalty banner right now and sign up. Then you keep on listening like you already do. But now you earn points. Those points add up, and you can trade them in for stuff in the Radio Loyalty store. Earn more points by sharing your station with friends on Facebook and Twitter, answering surveys, and by using the apps in the new player's app store. Pretty simple, right? Radio Loyalty. Click that banner to join now. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. Superman Home page.com we're rewarding you for something you already do listening to us it's radio loyalty and it's an easy way for you to get free stuff all you do is sign up go ahead and click the banner now you'll earn points as you listen points you can trade in for great products and services in the radio loyalty store you can earn even more points when you share your favorite station with friends on facebook and twitter radio loyalty it's free to sign up so click the banner to join now Bushwood. As I jump inside the ocean so blue. With their sophomore release, Tidal Wave. We've waited all this time. To get the real world off your mind. Get yours on iTunes. Listen on Spotify. Determination. South Florida's own Bushwood. Close your samples and shows go to bushwoodband.com put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology preventative maintenance and networking support hardware and custom built computers let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly monthly or annual rates to fit anyone's budget call key information solutions now 954-973-3374 That's 954-973-3374 Or visit keyinformation.com Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction 
Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Now Comic Book Service, where you can save 40 to 75% off on new comics, collected editions, graphic novels, action figures, statues, and other one-of-a-kind items from DC, Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, Boom Studios, Top Cow, Dynamite, and many, many more. Go to www.dcbservice.com for easy ordering and fast delivery. Or you can visit our brick-and-mortar location at 10202-C Coldwater Road in Fort Wayne, Indiana. DCBS, welcome home. everybody welcome back to inside the jackal's head right here live on psn radio that was a good first hour with uh, don smith it was fun having him on the show i know that look po- politically i don't agree with everything he was saying i don't agree with all the politics but uh he's a good guest and, and he does have a good show and a lot of the stuff that he does talk about you will find yourself agreeing with some of it and disagreeing with some of it but that's kind of across the board but it's always fun to have uh, you know everybody have their own opinion and, and debate it that's what's great about the first amendment Freedom of speech, like we were saying. Uh, We are back live, and if you guys want to call in, I'm going to have open lines for the rest of the hour. We're going to be on for another 35 minutes. We're going to cut out 10 minutes early because I'm going to go uh, help uh, the folks who are doing a show later on tonight, The Outer Edge, who follows this show. I'm going to help them technically with a couple things, so I will be cutting about 10 minutes early from the show. Uh, But we're going to have a lot of new stuff that I wanted to get to. Again, if you guys want to call in and give your two cents on what you just heard with the guest Don Smith, please call in. If not, uh, if you want to talk about the uh, the stories that I'm going to bring up here in a minute, Please go ahead and we can talk about that also. I'm going to start off with some big comic book news, and this is huge, guys. This is big. As you can hear that song in the background, it should give you a hint of what's coming. You would hope that that they would use this song again, right? Unfortunately, they didn't use it for Man of Steel. I doubt they're going to ever use it again, but this is such a great piece of music right here. The Superman theme. Now, big news from the world of DC, the world of Warner Brothers. They've officially announced Justice League is going to be shot back-to-back with Batman vs. Superman. And Zack Snyder is directing Justice League. Shocker! 
Uh, you know, this doesn't really shock anybody. It doesn't shock me. I kind of saw this coming a mile away, but this is official now, and I guess we're breaking it first here. You know, I'm not waiting for the roundtable. Sorry, guys. I'm going to break the in, the news here. But in an announcement that is hardly surprising, the official announcement of Justice League the movie has come out from Warner Brothers, which means all of our speculations over the past few months have been spot on. The Wall Street Journal broke the story of the announcement late Sunday night, so this just broke. Uh, without being unfair to the Wall Street Journal, though, in their scoop, uh, this is more of a confirmation than it is an announcement, as basically anyone who has been paying attention to the development of the upcoming film, uh, the, un- the untitled film Batman vs. Superman, has likely been caught up uh, asking themselves, well... Is this Justice League, or is this Man of Steel 2, or is this Batman vs. Superman? What the hell is coming down the pike? Well, Zack Snyder has officially been announced to direct the film, meaning that he will have to, he will have now directed Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, as well as Justice League. While Christopher Nolan was Warner Brothers' man for the DC job in the past, uh, he did pass a torch to uh, Snyder when he hired him to be the director for Men of Steel, and that's not a decision that will make everyone happy, myself included, uh, says the article here, but it is, uh, it would at least provide continuity and stability to a universe being created. Whether that continuity is of high quality or not is yet to be seen, but the DC projects at Warner Brothers is clearly now Snyder's baby, and it's in his hands. Uh, So he is going to be the nerd in charge of the Superman franchise, the Justice League franchise, and maybe even Batman. Who the hell knows? I mean, Batman vs. Superman is the first one of this uh, series that he's doing here. Uh, Apparently, he's not going to do a Men of Steel 2, so we can kind of, you know, put that away. That's not happening. That movie is not going to get a sequel from the looks of it. It's going to be Batman vs. Superman and then Justice League. So that's the big news out of Warner Brothers. If you guys uh, want to talk about that, please call on in. You can find us on PSN Radio on Skype, 786-245-8127. Call on in. We'll talk about that. I know a lot of my friends uh, from the roundtable are going to want to talk about that this week. So if you guys are listening and you want to call in, uh, please do so, and we'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, it's you know, it's, Look, I've, I've talked about you know this film already enough on this show or on the roundtable show, and there's really been no news have come out of, that's come out of this film uh, that's been really positive or, you know, made me say, I have hope for this film. It's been really one downer after the other. Uh, this is kind of a downer, really. While I do want to see a Justice League movie, I don't want to see it rushed. And them doing these two movies back-to-back, I feel, is not good. Last time, Warner Brothers did two films back-to-back like this. Uh, well... We got The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolution from the Wachowski siblings. So there's that, folks. Just remember those two uh, terrible films. And this could be following in that footstep. Uh, and I say it could be because Zack Snyder is not really a director that I have a lot of faith in. I mean, Sucker Punch is one of the worst movies ever made, I think. I mean, it's just a horrible piece of cinema. Uh, a lot of the stuff he's done over the last few years have been just dreadful. Uh, I, and You know what's funny? I actually did enjoy Watchmen. While it's not the greatest movie ever made, I've said it before, it was a pretty good adaptation to a very hard graphic novel to adapt. He did a decent job with it. I'll give him props on that one, but it, minor props, because I enjoyed it, but it wasn't the greatest movie ever made either. Definitely not the greatest comic book movie ever made, so not by a long shot. Uh, I think 300 is probably the movie I've enjoyed mostly from uh, Snyder. So, uh, am I worried? Sure, I'm worried, but you know what? 
I've already seen what he did to Men of Steel, and I could just skip it, to be honest. Uh, we still haven't heard if uh, Captain America 2 is, or 3 is going to move from its release date. They're still going head-to-head. There is a chance, and we talked about this on the roundtable, there is a chance that they do move Captain America, and they, you know, they're talking about moving Star Wars from uh, its uh, December release to probably back to May, which would be incredible if you put Batman versus Superman versus Star Wars in the same week. That movie is going to get obliterated by Star Wars. I mean, there's no chance for it to compete against Star Wars, not what's none whatsoever, uh, and that would crucify Warner Brothers because now they have. They're shooting two movies back to back, and let's say they do release Star Wars in the same month, and it does crush Batman vs Superman. Where does Warner Brothers go now? Do they still continue finish the Snyder movie if that if the you know Batman vs Superman flops? What do they do? Now everything will be up in the air, so it's going to be interesting what happens in the next couple of years. Uh, we still have a lot of time before that movie comes out, though. I mean, 2016 is a couple of years away, so uh, there's going to be a lot of fanboy uh, burnouts on the internet, a lot of people going, you know, full retard over any little piece of news that comes out over the next few uh, next few months and year, year and a half. Uh, moving on to other news that I have, and by the way, I'm going to post all this stuff on uh, on my Facebook page, my like page, and let me get the URL, because I don't, honestly, it's kind of convoluted, I don't remember it off the top of my head, it's uh, inside, what's well, facebook.com uh, forward slash inside period jackals period head so inside jackals head, but period in between the words uh, I'm going to post everything on there, please like the page also for the love of God, I'm trying to get my likes up so please like that page if you haven't done so already, so I'm going to post everything on the uh, Facebook uh, page that we talk about tonight. And uh, moving on from Snyder and his uh, Justice League and Superman uh, movies or debacles or whatever you want to call them, uh, to the next uh, item of news here, uh, I got a couple of uh, interesting McDonald's-related news topics which I want to bring up. Uh, <sighs> this was really funny. Uh, let me... Uh, Pull the right article up here. Hold on. And this is going to gross a lot of people out, by the way. But if you haven't heard yet, McDonald's apparently uses... Are you guys sitting down for this? Are you ready for this? Worms as meat filler and can legally call it 100% beef. Even though they're using worms... Worms. W-O-R-M-S. Worms. As meat fillers. That's what McDonald's has been alleged uh, to be using for a long time now. And they legally can call it 100% beef. How the hell? Now it says here McDonald's uses worm meat fillers. But again can legally call it 100% beef. Large companies have been uh, the subject of uh, rumors. They've been substituting usual or unusual or unethical substances in their products. Usually to decrease the cost. McDonald's is not immune to such claims. McDonald's has been accused of using everything from worms to cow eyeballs in its burgers, uh, dating as far back as 1978. There have been rumors that McDonald's restaurants uses earthworms in their hamburgers. So next time you're out at McDonald's and you get a quarter pounder with cheese, just remember it's a quarter pounder with cheese, cow eyeballs, and worms. That's what you're eating. The fact that McDonald's uses cow eyeballs and worms as fillers does not stop them from legally using the claim that they serve it 
as 100% beef. Now, this is the loophole. Check this out. It says McDonald's has assured its consumers that the product contains 100% beef, and they're allowed to do so because McDonald's buys their beef products from a company called 100% Beef Company. Okay? And that makes it possible for McDonald's to call their their byproducts, uh, which might have soy, might have worms, might have all kinds of different disgusting things. They it allows them to call it 100% beef because they're buying it from a company called 100% Beef Company. I know, it's amazing. McDonald's then ships the beef to their uh, grinding facilities in Oakland, uh, no, sorry, in Oak Brooks, Illinois. Uh, this is actually right near Zod Rider's uh, neck of the woods in Illinois. So, uh, where they uh, then take the groundworm filler and add it to their 100% beef patties. McDonald's serves billions of people around the world every year. This allows them to produce a higher profit margin by increasing the amount of patties they can be made by increasing their food or their product load with uh, the worm fillers. The, the worm filler is a ground uh, is grounded and packaged in a facility next to McDonald's corporate headquarters in Oak Brook, Illinois. Uh, the uh, employees must sign a confidentiality waiver to never discuss the ingredients of the McDonald's food products or face termination and legal repercussions. However, many employees have stepped up over the years and uh, with uh, with uh, the accounts of what they've seen and they've you know said, ah, screw that, I'm going to talk about it because it's really disgusting to think about that you're eating worms and cow eyeballs. Think about that for a second. So uh, a round of applause to everybody who worked at McDonald's and come forward and told us the truth about what we're eating. A round of applause. Now, it says here, and I'm going to continue reading this. Again, I'm going to post this on my Facebook uh, page, guys. Uh, it says here, McDonald's has also been accused of using mutant, <laughs> and check this out, mutant laboratory meat. Me- I'm going to repeat that. Mutant laboratory meat and pig fat in their milkshakes and ice cream. Now, when did milkshakes and ice cream have... Pig fat and laboratory meat. When do they start doing this and why are they doing this? Why can't milkshakes and ice cream just be milkshakes and ice cream for crying out loud? I remember Burger King last year had a bacon sundae where they had a strip of bacon, little bacon bits on the sundae. That was the grossest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I actually went to a Burger King and I was like, is it true you guys are serving a bacon sundae? And they're like, yes, sir, it's right on the menu. And then I looked at the menu and sure enough, there it was with a little stick of bacon sticking on. I was like, has anybody ordered that? And he's like, oh, maybe one or two people today, but not many. It didn't last because it's a disgusting idea to eat ice cream with bacon or pig fat or what the hell is it? Mutant laboratory meat? Is that like meat that's created in the laboratory? What the hell? Why are they feeding that to, to Americans? Or to anybody for that matter? Why are the fast food uh, companies out there doing this? Uh, that's a question I think we should all be asking. I mean, this should be heavily uh, talked about in the media, but nobody talks about this kind of stuff. Uh, this is coming from a dailybuzzlive.com, and again, I'm going to post this article over on my uh, Jackal's Head official page, which is, again, facebook.com forward slash inside little dot, Jackal's little dot, head. So inside Jackal's Head. You can, you can just look up inside Jackal's Head on Facebook, and you'll find it. Um, again, like the page. We're up to 138, so not too shabby. Uh-huh. So I'm going to post that on there. When you see the post, it's a handful of worms. Yummy. Right? Doesn't that just sound scrumptious and delicious? 
Huh? Doesn't that just make you want to rush out to McDonald's? You know, I haven't eaten at McDonald's in years. I don't eat red meat. I haven't eaten a burger since, like, 1993. Man, am I happy I don't eat burgers anymore. Man, let me tell you, I'm so happy after reading that article that I stopped eating hamburgers and in the 90s. I have not eaten a burger. I don't even know what the taste of red meat is anymore. It's been that long. I haven't eaten a steak. I haven't eaten a burger. I haven't eaten nothing at any fast food place that has any cow product or any kind of beef product. Because look at this. You don't even know what the hell you're eating. This is crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy behavior uh, by these companies. I don't don't get it. But uh, sticking with McDonald's, and this is right here in my neck of the woods, right out of Florida. Uh, you know, you can't go a whole show without doing a, a topic that deals with McDonald's, Florida, and topless women. Right? It, it's just part of the plan, man. It has to. If you're gonna have a story that involves those three things, it has to be in Florida. Now, a Florida woman, and this happened just a couple of days ago, a Florida woman trashed a St. Petersburg McDonald's last month after a male employee reportedly turned down her offer to give him <clears throat> a blowjob. In the parking lot, not at the McDonald's, not where they were, you know, making the food or anything. That's That would not be kosher, I'm sure. But no, no, this woman apparently approached this uh, McDonald's employee. I don't know if maybe they had a relationship. Doesn't really go into too, de- too much detail here about that. But she approached him and she offered him a blowjob in the parking lot. In a video that has gone viral all week... Uh, Live leak actually put the video out and it's gone viral now. The forty-year-old, the forty-one-year-old woman Suzanne Suarez, is seen banging her head against the restaurant counter before throwing everything in sight onto the ground. And she is doing this while she is buck naked. She's completely naked. I wish I had the sound drop uh, of uh, bucket naked. From uh, the comedian, damn, forgot his name now. But anyway, I wish I had the sound effects queued up, and I don't. Uh, but she was naked in this video, and she's throwing everything that's on the counter on the ground, just going completely full retard in this video. This is a, a really funny video. Uh, now, the 41 year old woman, again, her name is Suzanne Suarez. She's seen helping herself to a healthy dose of soft serve squeezing ice cream by the way, also, in the video, which is really funny. She goes around the counter, starts throwing all the stuff down. She opens up a little uh, you know, little fridge door where there's uh, all the little uh, yogurts and you know the desserts, parfaits, and all that stuff. She starts throwing everything to the ground all crazy-like. And uh, then she, she goes to where the uh, the ice cream machine is. She bends down, and she sticks her head right at the, uh, the, the opening of the machine and starts just chugging away at the ice cream. Really funny. Of course, now we know what she's eating. Pig fat and Kind of nasty stuff in there, but anyway, the mayhem finally comes to a halt when she ran into a uh, to the back of the restaurant to get herself some McDonald's world famous French fries. So there you go. That's how it all ended. The mother of two later told Fox News that she suffers from bipolar disorder and really doesn't even re- remember much of uh, the incident of what happened. She reportedly uh, caused more than ten thousand dollars in damages and was thrown in jail for a few days, you think, before she eventually posted bail of $7,000. The surveillance tape was posted again on LiveLeak yesterday. It's gone viral already. Uh, but PPPD confirmed that the incident that, in, that took place on March 24th, around 10 p.m., uh, said that McDonald's said the employees who leaked the video have been fired since they leaked the video. Uh, but again, she was buck-naked. 
bucket naked, man. Just ramping and raving and lunatic. Uh, really funny, funny video. You guys have to see this video. Again, I'm going to post it over on uh, the Jackal's Head like page on Facebook. So if you guys want to read that article, uh, the video is in there. Also, you could see her, you know, just going crazy in McDonald's. So funny stories out of McDonald's, huh? Who would have thought McDonald's is such an amusing place to, uh, to read up about, uh, read about, uh, but man, those two stories are just bananas. Literally. And you know, but I, look, I, I know people that have bipolar disorder. I've known a couple people that have been bipolar. Um, they've never done what this lady's done. I mean, bipolar disorder, it's a weird, you know, disorder. It it really deals with your emotions and uh, one moment you're happy, another moment you're sad. But I, I've never really heard anybody who's done something this crazy and then say, oh, you know, I, I really don't remember it. I didn't even know that happened. Was that me? That wasn't me. No. Really? Somebody should play the video back for this lady, and I'm sure if she really doesn't remember, man, she's never going to forget it. Uh-uh. She is never going to forget what she did in that video. Ooh. Now, Twitter has been going crazy the last few days with uh, some comments made by L.A. Clippers owners, uh, the owner for the L.A. Clippers, who made a couple of racist remarks on his Twitter account. And, uh, well, you know, it's the Clippers, man. Nobody wants to wants to watch them anyway. But sports fans aren't surprised about L.A. Clippers' Donald uh, Sterling's ignorant comments on race and social status, uh, but his latest statement about African Americans reached a new low. Uh, the owner has uh, had a dark past, saying plenty of offensive statements to African Americans and other minorities. But his latest rant on mix on his mixed girlfriend's left everyone baffled. Now his girlfriend, like I said, there is mixed, but it left everyone baffled. Uh, and as he told her that he didn't want her uh, want her to. To, uh, he, I'm gonna repeat this one. He didn't want her seen with black people at his games, including Magic Johnson. Okay, I'm gonna repeat that again. He didn't want her seen with black people at his games, including Magic Johnson. Wait, what? Does he not understand that most of the players in the NBA are African-American? Like, I don't think this guy gets that part. Uh, Snoop Dogg gave the owner a piece of his mind earlier on the news, and he said that uh, he now that, uh, that others now are going to follow suit with uh, giving him his uh, peace of mind. Magic Johnson was the first one who discuss- who tweeted out and said uh, that he is disgusted of uh, Sterling uh, by saying, uh, I feel sorry for my friend uh, Coach Doc Rivers and Chris Paul, uh, both my friends, they uh, they have had uh, to work for a man that feels that way about African Americans. He also added that, uh, and I quote here, L.A. Clippers uh, owners Don Sterling's comments about African Americans are a black eye for the NBA. No kidding. Uh, Meek Mill gave his opinion also, which is the most common revelation of, of the scandal. He said, Donald Sterling is the definition of racism. He could be your judge, your doctor, your teacher, etc., etc. I bet nothing happens to him for his statements. Uh, some people have said that Sterling's girlfriend was wrong to unknowingly record him and should have, and should be punished. She recorded him saying that. See uh, what else uh, Mill uh, says. And if you want to read the comments again, I'm going to post this on uh, our Facebook page here for the show, Inside the Jackal's Head, on Facebook.com. So if you want to read it, go there. It'll be posted on there in a minute here. Crazy stuff, and you know this guy. I mean, he works for the NBA. He's an owner for crying out loud, and he's making ignorant ass statements like that. You know, I don't understand what the hell's wrong with people in the world today. It's 
it's dumbfounding when you hear stories like that. It really is. Uh, we're going to take another commercial break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes uh, with the rest of the show to wrap up for the evening. Again, open lines. If anybody wants to call in and talk about any of the uh, news uh, topics that I'm bringing up, if you want to talk about the guest we had on the first hour, Don Smith, please call on in. I'll take anybody's calls at 786-245-8127. Again, you're listening to Inside the Jackal's Head right here on PSN Radio. We'll be back. Yeah. Let's take them back. Uh-huh. Coming up, I was confused. My mama kissing the girl. Confusion and curse coming up in the cold world. Daddy ain't around, probably out committing felonies. My favorite rapper used to sing, check, check out my melody. I want to live good, so shit, I sell dope for a four-finger ring. One of them gold ropes. Santa told me if I pass, I get a sheepskin coat. If I can move a few packs, I get the hat. Now that'll be dope. Tossed and turned in my sleep that night. Woke up the next morning, niggas just stole my bike. Different day, same shit, ain't nothing good. In the hood, I run away from this bitch and never come back if I could. Made it a love it, the underdogs on top. And I'm gon' shine, homie, until my heart stop. Go ahead and be me. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Join the club that gives you stuff. Hey, thanks. Radio loyalty. Here's how it works. Just click on the radio loyalty banner right now and sign up. Then you keep on listening like you already do. But now you earn points. Those points add up and you can trade them in for stuff in the radio loyalty store. Earn more points by sharing your station with friends on Facebook and Twitter, answering surveys, and by using the apps in the new player's app store. Pretty simple, right? Radio loyalty. Click that banner to join now. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions, providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology, preventative maintenance and networking support, hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Discount Comic Book Service, where you can save 40 to 75% off on new comics, collected editions, graphic novels, action figures, statues, and other one-of-a-kind items from DC, Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, Boom Studios, Top Cow, Dynamite, and many, many more. Go to www.dcbservice.com for easy ordering and fast delivery. Or you can visit our brick-and-mortar location at 10202-C Coldwater Road in Fort Wayne, Indiana. DCBS, welcome home. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man. Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com.
Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Under a little mind control in this country, what do you think, huh? Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Jackal's Head. Last uh, few minutes of the show here before we move on for the night. Uh, I want to thank everybody again who's uh, been listening in. And uh, I got a, an interesting uh, piece of audio I want to play. It's about five, six minutes long. It's actually from a, a, an Australian uh, news outlet. And uh, this is very, very, very interesting stuff. It's about a uh, gentleman who I actually plan to have on on either this show or on Skywatchers Radio to talk about this, uh, about his experience. His name is Charles Hall. And Charles Hall went on Australian TV to talk about aliens. And he's talking about how U.S. military has worked with extraterrestrials in uh, in the past. And uh, really interesting audio. I'm going to play this in a second here. Again, Charles Hall, I'm going to have probably, uh, I'm going to try to have him on on Skywatchers in the near future. So if you guys are following up with what's going on with our shows, please, you know, check out that website, skywatchersradio.com. And follow up with that show every Tuesday night at 1 a.m. Eastern, uh, 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, also, this show's uh, website, please bookmark it, thejackalshead.com. You can check all the podcasts of every single show that I've done uh, in the entire history of the show, all five years and a half, almost six years now, uh, that I've been doing a show, or four and a half, five and a half, something like that. It's been a long time, folks. A lot of radio has been done by these by this uh, voice and by the uh, by this person you're listening to right now, uh, I think you know it's funny. I think I'm like over 300 and something podcasts at this point, something around there, 300 something podcasts, and that's not even including like the stuff that I produce, like for uh, example, Future Theater, Outer Edge, Unraveling the Secrets, The Wow Factor, uh, you know those shows that I've produced in the past. Uh, not counting that stuff, just you know the main shows that I've been a member of as a host or co-host, like Inside the Jackal's Head, Sky Watchers Radio. Out of Sight Radio, which is now resting in peace. Big shout-outs to Out of Sight. Um, so, you know, over 300, maybe 400 podcasts at this point. It's a lot of podcasting, guys. It really is. And I, I, I think I've heard it all up to this point. 
And then I come across uh, something like this on Australian TV. Now, this is from last year. It's a little bit old. It's not like it's brand-new news or anything like that. Uh, like I said, this is from 2013, but I just saw it for the first time, and I am very intrigued in trying to get this person, Charles Hall, on the show and uh, trying to get him uh, you know, to tell us his story. I'm going to play the audio now. Like I said, it's a few minutes long. It's uh, from Australian TV. So, you know, if you have a little problem with the Australian accent, oh, well, too bad. lie out there deep in space? Do you want to believe we're not alone, that somewhere in the universe, intelligent life may actually exist? Our next guest says there is life out there. It does exist. Dr. Charles Halls says he spent two years working with extraterrestrial beings during his time with the American military. He claims the US military has actually been in contact with alien species for years. And Dr. Charles Hall is here to explain, along with his wife Marie, live from what Bugs Bunny used to call Albuquerque, New Mexico. Now, thank you both for your time. <laughs> Terrific to have you with us. Firstly, Charles, can you tell us your story of how you managed to come into contact with these beings as you worked with the military? I'm a Vietnam veteran, and I enlisted in the Air Force in July 1964, and I was trained as a weather observer, and I was sent to Nellis Air Force Base, Nevada, outside Las Vegas, Nevada, and I, for two and a half years I was sent up to the gunnery ranges up at Indian Springs and I was given a clearance to allow me to go anywhere anywhere in dreamland uh, as long as I was alone. I discovered that up there at the north end of Indian Springs Valley, which you can see on the map in the state of Nevada here in America, that there was a base which the U.S. Air Force maintained mm -hmm. for a group of extraterrestrials who were tall and white. And I, as the duty weather observer, was allowed to go up there or they were allowed to come down to where I was. And that the interaction took place over more than two years. Wow. During those two years, I also came across, I also interacted to a lesser extent with the Roswell Grays, and I've also personally talked with the extraterrestrials that I call the Norwegians with 24 teeth, who come here from a very nearby star, perhaps Bernard's star. And um, my experiences, my presentations, my books are unique mm -hmm. because um, I'm the only person that I know that I know of that was allowed to interact with the extraterrestrials, the tall whites, for more than two years. So three different species of, of aliens you're talking about there, Charles. Yeah, can you describe what they looked yes, like, what, what they were like? Well, I'll, I'll start with the tall whites. They're thinner than we are, and they're very frail. Throughout most of their life, they are the same height as I am, 5'11", they, and they live 10 times longer than humans. They live 600 or 800 years. Wow. And, but they don't age the way we do. When they, when they get to be equivalent to a human of about 40 years, that means when they are about 400 years, they start growing again instead of aging as humans. Right. And then they go, and this continues, and so that by the time they get to be 600 or 800 years old, 
they're very tall, eight and a half, nine, or ten feet tall, but this is not necessarily good because their skeleton grows more than their internal organs. Ah. And so there comes a time after six or eight hundred years when their skeleton, their body is tall, but their organs can't support can't it. Support the at which organ. time they mm. die a natural death because they're just flesh and blood creatures like we are. If they injure themselves, it takes them ten times longer to heal up than a human. Yeah. So there's a trade-off. Yeah, right. They still look fresh as a daisy when they go, though. They mm. look like Tilda Swinton. Hey, um, just quickly, mm. you, you, you had them there. You were working with the aliens um, for, on, on any particular project, or was the military working with the aliens on a particular project? Was there, I don't know, technology <laughs> sharing or, you know, botanical cross-fertilisation? The... Um, the U.S. Air Force, and I'm speaking of the mid-1960s, w- was willing to give them anything they asked for. When I first met them, I was very afraid of them, and every human I met when you come across them out in the desert was naturally very afraid of them, and they were even more afraid of us. It's like running into a gorilla in the wild where the gorilla is on his home ground. So they had to go through a process of becoming used to being around humans before they could take part in the technology transfer program. I, as the weather observer, was the test human. I, as an enlisted man, I was expendable, you know. Sure. I was the yeah. one they send out to so yeah. practice talking exactly. to Charlie. And Marie, let's bring you in. Mm-hmm. You've never yeah. seen these things for yourself. Are you a believer? Because probably a lot of people watching this this morning are going to think, I don't believe him. It's ridiculous. How could it be possible? Uh, well, Charles was very intelligent in that he waited until we'd been married a couple of months before he told me about the extraterrestrials coming into his barracks at night. And uh, he said, well, what do you think? And I said, I really don't care. I have never given any thought as to whether they uh, exist or not, and I really don't care. I've known Charles. We've been married over 43 years. Uh, he may be a character, but I am his character reference, and uh, I, I totally, be- <laughs> I totally believe uh, that this is real. Furthermore, we have had uh, confirmations from people all over the world. We have never had any serious. Uh, tire kickers you yeah, know people yeah. who say well well uh, certainly there seems to be a lot of people would seem to be a lot of people around the world who would support your view on this who seem to have had their own experiences but probably not quite as intimately as you now unfortunately we are going to have to leave it there charles and marie because we're about to lose our satellite but you're coming to australia next week to give a series of, uh, of talks and we, we can't can wait to see wait. it yeah. and all the details of your tour will like be on home. our website so uh, those interested in the life and beyond will no doubt be there Thank you. Interesting story. Uh, you know, he's not the first person to come forward and say that all oh, the government's working with aliens and they're keeping it a secret. So it's not anything new per se, but uh, interesting, uh, you know, story uh, that he presented there. And again, I'm going to try to contact them and and bring him uh, on the show either on this one or on Skywatchers Radio. I might, you know, one of the things going forward that I, I really want to do with this show is kind of like cut back a little bit on the uh, ufology-based shows and uh, focus more on independent artists or uh, entertainment and politics, stuff like that, that, you know, really reflects uh, most of the stuff that I really enjoy. I love ufology and I'm going to continue doing that stuff on Skywatchers Radio, but, you know, I don't want to, like, 
have you know every show based on ufology from that show and this show. So, uh, you know, this show is going to switch the format just slightly, not too much. I don't want to go too crazy over overboard. Uh, but you know, I do want to have this gentleman on at least on one of the shows. It's a, like I said, it's a fascinating story. Whether you know you believe or you don't believe that uh, he's telling the truth, we'll find out now, wouldn't we? Uh, you know, it's not the first time that I've heard that the government is working with humanoid aliens and some secret base somewhere. You know, this is stuff that uh, has been going around in ufology for a long time. Um, it's Like I said, nothing new. So we'll see, you know, how that develops and where that story goes. I haven't really, uh, you know, done a whole lot of research. I just found that audio um, about a day ago. I bookmarked it, and I thought that would be something great to play, and then probably have him on the show would be really great also. Uh, so, like I said, I'll try to get him on. And uh, please just, uh, you know, keep looking back on the website, thejackalshead.com, for all the upcoming information on the show. Uh, you can also find us, like, again, I said, on uh, Facebook at our main uh, page, Inside the Jackal's Head, which is the main uh, like page for the show. But, you know, there's also the regular Inside the Jackal's Head Facebook page, which is uh, the Jackal's Head on Facebook. And it, that's not the like page. It's just a regular page. It's a, you know you could go there and chat with me. You know whatever you want. In fact, I would really love to have some more uh, of the audience that listens to the show periodically uh, contact me there. If you have any questions or anything that you want me to bring up on the show, any guests you want me to bring on the show, please contact me there. Let me know whatever formats you you want me to start you know using on the show a little bit more. I'd really appreciate that. So contact me over on the Jackal's Head on Facebook. That has no period in it. That's all one word. It's for uh, Facebook.com forward slash The Jackal's Head, all one word. And uh, send me a friend request. I have like 4,000-something friends on there. I'll add you if I can. Obviously, with 4,000, 5,000 friends, you're kind of limited on Facebook, uh, which is why I got two accounts. That one and my Angel Espino account because I need the space for more friends. Because I just I got so many friends. So many people love me, I guess. So if, you, if you're one of those that love me, go ahead and contact me there. And again, I'm very open to uh, having you guys, uh, you know, drop your your two cents on whatever subject you want to talk about, and I'll bring it up on air. Like I did earlier tonight by addressing, uh, the, you know, the emails that I received of whether I was leaving this show or not, which I'm not. The show is going to continue forward, like I said. Now, I am going to cut out a little early tonight uh, just because I'm uh, going to help with some technical stuff. Uh, for the show following this show, which is The Outer Edge with Mike Mott and, and Tim Schwartz. Uh, they're self-producing now, guys. I'm no longer producing for them. I I have other uh, things that i got to do during the day and uh, the weekdays, uh, especially Monday morning, uh, which is you know really important, uh, and I just can't stay up as late anymore, so they're going to start self-producing themselves. So because of that, this week on the return show, I'm going to cut out about 15, 10, 15 minutes early and uh, going to go help them out and make sure they're set up properly. I am going to be back next week with another live show so if um, if you come back next week you're going to hear another live episode of Inside the Jackal's Head and next week I have Mark Anthony on the show no 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 no, not Mark Anthony the singer not that guy he's not going to sing any love songs for you ladies so not Mark Anthony the singer but the psychic lawyer wait say it again Jackal the psychic lawyer Mark Anthony also known as the psychic attorney and he's a world-renowned psychic medium who specializes in communication with spirits. Huh? That's going to be cool. Uh, he is, the, uh, let me see, he says here, he is descendant uh, from a long line of psychics and mediums which have been helping people with their abilities for centuries. So he is, in many ways, 
the lawyer version of Professor Xavier. And his psychics are like the mutants and X-Men. Mr. Anthony appears worldwide on radio and television as an expert in spirit contact and paranormal contact and an accomplished public, uh, it says here, public orator. Orator. Anyway, Mark uh, regularly uh, lectures on life after death and contact with the spirit world. He often serves as a featured speaker at conventions, conferences, and expos, religious and spiritual organizations, and universities, including Harvard, Brown, and Yale. Mark's best-selling, award-winning, and, cri- and critically acclaimed book, Never Letting Go, is a definitive guide to, hear- to healing grief with help from the other side. This compelling page turner is for one, for anyone coping with the loss of a loved one, and his next book is due out pretty soon in 2014. So uh, please come back next week and uh, listen to the psychic lawyer, Mr. Mark Anthony himself. Now we are going to sign off for the evening, guys. It's been a, a lot of fun having uh, Mr. Don Smith on the first hour and uh, talking to him and uh, getting uh, you know his opinion on what's going on politically in the country. And hopefully you guys had a good time with that guest. I know in the chat room, there's a couple of people in there a little upset with his point of view, but look again, this is what's great about America, freedom of speech, freedom of having your own point of view. You know, I love that. And I never want to deny anybody their freedom of speech and their rights to say what they want to say. When we start doing that, folks, we start heading down a very, very dark territory in a very bad area, which none of us want to go down. Until next time, until next week, this is Inside the Jackal's Head. I am the Jackal. I'll catch you next week. Good night, everyone.